Welcome, welcome fellow jurists, lawyers, activists, human rights defenders, welcome to all of you who believe the law can make a change. This is the Global Jurists, your agora of interesting discussions, updates and reflections, and welcome for a new episode. Good day, everyone, wherever you are in the world. Uh, is the environment exploding, the climate change, uh, an emergency, everything is collapsing, and what can we do? I think we have been hearing that over and over in the last weeks and months. We have witnessed the failure of the COP26, and uh, literally, we have seen powerlessness in front of the action of people, but what can we do? What can we do it's, is the answer, is the question that has been on my mind and the mind of several colleagues in the International Commission of Jurists, uh, in the sense, I, I think we are at a moment where everyone wants to play his part and, uh, and comes out that the law may be one of the tools we can use uh, to force states, companies, uh, everyone to take action because this planet probably is not going to stay there the way it is and it's not going to be livable if we continue like that. And today I want to talk to you about one action, the first seed, uh, that uh, my colleagues and I have been trying to bring. Um, you may know that uh, there are several cases uh, few but still very important around the world and in Europe uh, brought before national and international courts on the basis of human rights of human rights law so of obligation states have to implement uh, uh, the human rights obligations the treaties they sign um, but these cases are specific because they actually attempt to protect the environment and to oblige states to um, fight climate change, to implement reforms uh, as soon as possible, but on the basis of the rights we have. And they are signed up to secure in treaties like the European Convention on Human Rights or the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, the Convention on the Rights of the Child. There are many, many more. One of these cases is called Verein Klimaseniorinnen versus Switzerland. Is the case of an association of elderly women based in Switzerland that uh, decided to, to bring a case in Swiss court to tell the Swiss government that what the policies they were implementing were not enough to meet the target of the Paris Agreement, so to meet the maximum growth of two degrees compared to pre-industrial levels uh, and actually to reach, at the very least, the 1.5 degree growth. Um, this case was dismissed in our Swiss courts because, uh, because 
the applicants were said not to have standing. Uh, uh, basically, they, did, they couldn't bring an action. This would have been an action that means everyone can go to court. And the Swiss courts were said, this is political. This is a political angle. You know, you have the referendum in Switzerland. You may know everyone votes many things in Switzerland. And, uh, and therefore, the courts were really reluctant to pick it up. And so these elderly women didn't give up and they went to the European Court of Human Rights. The case is still pending, so we have no idea what the European Court is going to say. But these elderly women at least argued the following. They argued that uh, as a collective, as an association that has an interest in the environment, they had an interest at stake to bring a case. But they also argued that as elderly women, some of whom had uh, certain health conditions uh, that made them vulnerable to the effect of climate change, they actually had an individual interest into it. It's interesting, it's going to be interesting to see how the court is going to deal with it. Uh, there are many issues that are kind of borderline for the European Court of Human Rights and that will define whether the European Court of Human Rights is going to be a body where people can bring cases for whenever the environment, the environment, the damages to the environment affect their human rights, or whether actually this is going to be a field foreclosed to access to justice in that field. I strongly hope it's going to be the first case, but there are some challenges. The challenges being that. The European Court does not accept what's called an act of popularity, what's called a collective action. Groups of people who bring uh, public interest litigation, they're saying, we have an interest in the environment, hence we bring a litigation. It doesn't, they don't accept that, which is understandable, it's not in the treaty, it's not something states have signed up to. But here we are in a situation where we are all victims. So we are in a peculiar case in which People, in general, are victims of climate change. And therefore, they should have standing. But that's something we will discover, whether we can. This is something the Committee on the Rights of the Child, and in another episode we're going to talk about it, has provided standing. But we don't know what the European Court is going to say. The other question is, what's the level of proximity to the damage that the person must have, the imminence, the foreseeability. I think we can all say that the damage of, created by climate change is foreseeable. We all know about it. Now, the reports are that, apart from certain people that really want to deny even science, science is pretty clear and univocal in that consequence. But the question is, is that imminent enough? I would argue that it's very imminent that because of the irreversibility of the action and that the imminence of the remedy must be now because if we wait for the imminence of the damage, we will have no possibility of redress whatsoever. But that's again an argument we don't know what the court is going to decide. These are all arguments the ICJ has brought forth forward, forward as a third-party intervener. Um, another question is whether the remedies are going to make any impact. In sense, uh, bringing a case against one state out of the more than 200 around the world, is it going to have an impact? 
I think that's a fake question because uh, the reality is that yes, it is going to have an impact. So everyone needs to do his part. And if we just wait for the collective action, uh, we're not going to move that far. And one president is going to bring to another and who's going to bring to another and this is going to be a mushrooming action. And that's the way the law may actually influence change. Both against states' policies, which don't mean courts will have to tell exactly states what to do, but they will have the target they have to reach. They have to keep them into account when they don't. And they have to assess when actually policies are counterproductive and they worsen the situation instead of actually going the direction of the targets. I think these are things courts can do. And they have been doing many jurisdictions. So I think this case is going to be really a blueprint. There are many others out there, and I'm going to try to talk about it to you. But I'm actually very much interested also in your thoughts. And if you, in social media, want to subscribe to my Twitter account, the Instagram feeds, Facebook, LinkedIn, please get there and... And give me your thoughts. What do you think? Can we actually use the law to to actually give some hope in the fight against uh, adverse climate change? We have seen the articles of how Greta Thunberg and many children were really bitter about uh, the results of their litigation. We're going to talk about it in another day. Uh, as they have brought was actually inadmissible and was rejected. Legally speaking, there are reasons for that. Uh, there's one can share or cannot share. Uh, but they don't think that's a reason to give up to this option. The option actually to use independent judiciaries, to use the law to keep states into account for the policies that they claim they're going to do. But then we don't know whether they will. So thank you very much. This is just some food for thought on uh, the global jurist to see when the law can make change and whether the law can make change and something which we can all be actors. So thank you very much. Have a nice uh, day if you're starting the day, evening uh, if it's the end of it or if you're working. And uh, I see you at the next one.